This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And welcome to this Tuesday version of the program in which we'll get you set for the first of three critical matches to end the season for men's soccer. They're on the road in Charlotte tonight. We'll also pass along some notes from several other sports. It'll be a little bit of a shorter show today. We've done this a time or two in the past. Frankly, I've taken some Tuesdays off. Didn't want to do that because we do have some stuff to tell you about. And you'll definitely want to hear the second segment, my chat with Ariel Wilson, the point guard for the women's basketball team. Very entertaining. So this shorter version of the show definitely has some stuff, as I mentioned. Of course, we told you yesterday that the kickoff against the Houston Cougars is a noon start, and that was sort of picked up late in the proceedings because of the what's called six-day window. Sometimes the league reserves. Well, this is the normal situation as far as setting up the kickoff times for the following weekend. We now know that the Bulls are going to be at Temple. That'll be a 2 o'clock game, meaning a noon kickoff on USF Bulls Unlimited. Houston Cougars, we'll get more into them as the week goes along, and we'll remind you that the Jeff Scott Press Conference will stream live. It's scheduled for 11.50 on this Tuesday. We always bring that to you live. Houston coming off a very impressive win against Navy. Not only did Clayton Toon throw for five touchdowns, but they had a running back go for more than 100 yards. Houston, 4-3 and three overall, 2-1 and one in the conference, technically does not control its fate because it lost to one of the remaining undefeateds, Tulane, in overtime a few Fridays ago. And the other undefeated, which technically you would control your own fate if you could play them and beat them, uh, they don't play. The Houston Cougars don't play Cincinnati, but still thinking they're in the running for a conference championship. And speaking of being in the running for conference, let's move to men's soccer Tonight, it's the Bulls at Charlotte. This is the makeup game that was lost due to the week of Hurricane Ian. There are 10 teams in the conference. We've been telling you all along how it just doesn't seem like something you would shoot for ordinarily, just get into the conference tournament. But when six teams in the league are ranked or close to being ranked, yeah, if you break into that top six, you've done something. Well, the Bulls definitely did something with their last two home matches with that big win against Tulsa and the tie against FIU. They lost at SMU over the weekend. Oh, by the way, losing to SMU, not such a bad thing, as the Mustangs are number six in the latest RPI rankings. Tulsa, the team the Bulls beat, is 11th, by the way, and FIU is the third highest ranked team in the conference. That's 32nd. Technically, you'd have to say FIU is on the bubble, and then two more teams are in the 30s. They happen to be the two teams the Bulls play this week. Memphis is at 35, buoyed plenty by a win against SMU, by the way. And Charlotte is the next team in line. Bulls are 88th, incidentally, which isn't so bad, but clearly getting to the conference tournament is the first step. Of course, you would love to be in the top four. Top two is still within range for the Bulls, but it's going to be difficult. Top seed gets to host the semifinals and the finals. No small thing. With everyone having two matches left to play, and then USF and Charlotte will have two matches left after they face off tonight. SMU is on 15 points. Then Tulsa, FIU, and Memphis are all identical, 4-2-1, and one. 13 points, so within range of SMU. Then it's a four-point drop-off to USF and UCF at nine points right now, holding the last two spots for the conference tournament. The advantage the Bulls have is, of course, they have the extra match, but you got to do something with it, and you hope to tonight. Charlotte is a point behind, so one off the playoff cut line. 
tied with FAU at eight points, then it's a drop-off to UAB and Temple. Those teams are not eliminated, but practically are. So you can see why a tie tonight would be okay, because it would put the Bulls alone in fifth place for once, keep them ahead of Charlotte, which would be a big deal. A loss, and the Bulls are technically tied with UCF for the last spot, with two matches left. And oh yeah, one of them's against UCF, so it's not the end of the world at all. You'd still be in control of your own fate, but a loss would also make it tougher to catch up to one of those teams tied for second place. And one of them is Memphis, by the way. You'd love to be, say, if you tie tonight, three points behind Memphis, then going to play Memphis on Friday night at home, for instance. So obviously, we'll tell you all about how things unfold and where the Bulls land on tomorrow's show. Based on tonight's result, a tie short story would be just fine. A loss would not be crippling. And a win, well, then you're setting yourself up for a possible top four or even second place finish. So very important, but not be all or end all. And the Bulls taking on a Charlotte team that is 8-2-2, still ranked 13th in the voted on polls. Began the season looking like they could not be stopped. The 49ers had 37 goals in their 7-0 start. Three 5 nothing wins, a 6-1 win in there. Of course, once they got into conference play, the goals haven't been flowing quite so freely. They've only gone over two goals once. But that was a 3-1 win against that SMU team that leads the conference and is top 10 in the RPI. However, they followed that up to the 49ers with a 2-1 loss last Friday at UCF. They've also been shut out by Tulsa. But just a dynamite team and frankly one that the Bulls, along with others, might have to change their approach, be a little bit more conservative offensively. Although UCF did outshoot Charlotte 15-10, 49ers tied that game with about 18 minutes left and UCF had an answer 90 seconds later. So they're gettable, but very dangerous. They have eight players who have scored multiple goals this year, led by senior striker Cameron Lacey. He has seven goals to go along with three assists. So high-scoring game probably favors Charlotte. 49ers are 8-2-2. Two two. In those 12 games, they're still averaging more than three per contest, 38, while the Bulls have a grand total of 15 after that slow start where they didn't score any in their first four games. Bulls' overall record doesn't look like much, 3-5-4. and four. But, hey, trust me, 3-5-5 five, and five with a tie on Tuesday would be just fine. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. I did talk a lot about women's soccer yesterday. If you're curious about the RPI, I did say that only the American Conference Tournament winner is going to get into the NCAA Tournament. I'll probably amend that and note that UCF is 26th in the current RPI. Then after that, it's a drop-off to 65. That'd be SMU. The Cincinnati team that beat the Bulls on Sunday are very respectable, 73, and then it's Memphis at 82, and that's it as far as top 100. So on the men's side, you have five teams in the top 40. On the women's side, four teams only in the top 100 and only one in the top 50. USF is ranked 132. So let's say if the Knights lose in the championship game to, a, I don't know, another team from Florida, you'd have two teams getting in from the league. But We'll talk more about women's soccer ahead of Thursday's War and I-4, which we'll have for you live on Bulls Unlimited. Baseball and softball in the fall ball swing of things. That along with my fun conversation with Ariel Wilson of women's basketball when this abbreviated Bulls Beat continues. This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. More Bulls Beat now. Once again, here's Derek Sharp. With basketball season coming up in less than two weeks now, and oh, by the way, an exhibition which will actually get our coverage going a week from today, the men's team hosting UT, I happen to have some inside intel on who the team 
played in its private scrimmage on Saturday. Just know the name of the team. I don't know the score. And if I did, I couldn't pass it on to you because that's completely illegal. But they've been playing is my point. And you can see them play next Tuesday against UT. If not, you can hear it right here on USF Bulls Unlimited. And then the following Monday, the doubleheader, the women first followed by the men. And then of course, in the spring, we'll add along with soccer and volleyball now in the fall, and then basketball in the winter, we'll add baseball and softball. Actually, those teams are playing, and if you are so inclined, you can come to the USF Baseball Stadium this Saturday afternoon at set for 1 o'clock, a scrimmage against the Stetson Hatters. I know I'll bump into Billy Mole, the head coach, at some point this week and see how things are going. I know the fall ball season got going for softball late last week as well, so... Does anybody remember what happened to any softball team in Division One last fall? No, but it's a great opportunity to see, obviously, your teammates and a lot of newcomers on both sides. So that's happening as well. No, we probably won't do any play-by-play of that. But again, if you want to come out and watch baseball Saturday at 1, there you go. So she was a starting point guard for Memphis for her first two seasons. Last year had to bide her time behind Elisa Pinzon, only averaged around six minutes a game. Talking about Ariel Wilson, she's not officially the starting point guard, but she's going to get plenty of run, and she just looks and sounds a lot more confident these days, and I think you're going to enjoy this chat that I had with her a couple weeks back at the photo shoot. The on-court stuff after we talk about your tan, obviously you have accustomed, <laughs> grown accustomed to Florida life. Have you been hanging out at the beach every minute you're not oh on the basketball court? Goodness. Honestly, as much as I can. You'll see me by the pool. You'll see me on the sun. You'll see me walking to and from class just, just to soak up the rays. Did you have much of summers in Canada? I, mean, I know you did, obviously. But I, yeah, I mean, obviously. It's, it doesn't compare, though. It's definitely a lot more humid here. <laughs> um, and we're now in October, and I was at the pool last weekend. So oh, yeah, get that's used to that. telling you something, because otherwise I'd be bundled up. You know, I'm liking it here. It was actually... Like, I have to wake up to do morning weights, and I was cold, and it was 20 degrees Celsius. So I don't know how I'm going to survive back home. I am going to have to get some help on the whole Celsius Fahrenheit thing. Do you do you still think in terms of Celsius? Oh, yeah. Okay. All the time. That's okay. what my phone's in. So what is, like, way too hot in Celsius? 20? Way too hot? Like, like 20 is okay, right? 20 is nice. Okay. Okay, yeah. Good. I would say, like, 30s getting hot Celsius. See, I still can't yeah. compute that. Hey, speaking <laughs> of getting used to things, uh, you had a good season last year of getting Thank used you. to how things are done around yeah. here. Uh, what did you learn, and what are you ready to look forward to in year two with the Bulls? Like you said, I think last year was the season definitely to get my feet under me. It was a new system, uh, new expectations, definitely a lot of stuff to really take in and learn. Um, I would say like, especially like mentally, emotionally. Um, but I think that's helped me get to where I am today and be prepared for that. So I would just say, like, I have a good head on my shoulders right now, and I'm really looking forward to the season. And I'm just more confident in that point guard position, which, you know, I think I needed that year to really get to this point right now. Excellent. Well, I mean, I know you, you know, you started the two years at Memphis. Last mm-hmm. year it was tough to crack the starting lineup. It yeah. just was. And, and maybe that's a little bit about what you're talking about. But uh, this year, do you feel like you, you're ready to roll out there? Oh, however yeah. many However many minutes they need. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just taking everything in stride, like building off of last year, and that's what I need to do is just go out every single day and give it my all and just take it in, learn. I'm still learning. I'm still getting better. I'm still, you know, figuring out how different people play. We have a very new team. Um, so, yeah, it's just it was a really big learning curve last year, but because of that, like, 
I came in this year prepared Good. and ready to go. So I'm just going to keep on building off of that. And, you know, where it takes me, it takes me. But I want to contribute to this team and these girls, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I want you to build off the very end of last season because I remember when I called it because I saw you in practice before Miami, and you were – we're draining some threes, <laughs> some threes, and like I really hope that Ariel gets in and gets to hit a three. And there you were, 44 seconds left. Guerrero over to Bermejo, swings it to Wilson. There's where she was making those shots in practice, and she makes it on cue. A rainbow three-pointer for Ariel Wilson, well defended. So nice job there. Is that a part of your game that you think can be more of a weapon, I guess? Yeah, I would say that's definitely where my shot would come more so in the offense. Um, obviously, I like to create for others, but the three-point shot is definitely going to be my shot this year and what I'm going to probably look for the most, uh, especially on kickouts and extra passes and all that type of stuff. So I'm glad it wasn't, the, it wasn't the reason I asked the question, but to hear you say kickouts with a little bit of a Canadian accent. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. And, I do got that. Little and Canadian if accent. you score from that right corner a lot on kickouts, that's exactly oh yeah, I love the corners. how I'm going to say it. Kickout. Uh, <laughs> listen, we won't make you talk about yourself anymore. You so, sort of alluded to the, a lot of the new players on the team. Yeah. So give people a little scouting report from a veteran. What can they look forward to? I don't want to make the newcomers brag on themselves, so you can. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. I'm, I'm looking at my teammates right now. Yes. Once so we got the Spaniards, Marina. Oh and yeah, Carla. let's start with the Spaniards. Yeah, I love it. Got Marina. Now yep. she's someone that you're gonna like to watch if you like watching the three pointers because she can shoot the ball, and she also has some really nice passes. Like I'm talking about, like she'll drive and like no look to the opposite 45, just. Okay. Whipping that thing. I might have to stop because you're going to take my job. No, keep on going. Keep oh, on going. No. You're very good at describing. <laughs> keep on going. Now over right, to Carla. And we got Carla. Yeah. Carla's a hooper. Like, she'll make you get out your seat and cheer because she has some, like, crazy good plays. Um, I so saw her with some no-look stuff during Oh, my practice. gosh. Like, I don't know if you easy, were here. Easy. And she was driving. And she had the yeah. two hands. Yeah. 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 No, She's looking into the corner of the gym, and all of a sudden the ball's on the other corner of the yeah, court, like yeah. like no big deal. Oh yeah, and like it's surprising because she she plays the four, right? right? But she. She's like a guard, too, so she's she's a weapon right there. Right. It's good to hear that we kind of agree on that. Now, uh, let's go with – I haven't really talked about Daniela yet. Danny? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Danny, Danny right. is just, like, such a high motor. Like – You'll just see her driving, and she's just downhill, like super downhill. But then she'll also surprise you, too, because she can actually shoot the three well in transition, and, like, she's very quick shot. So she, she's another one that, she, you know, she's going to bring the energy and keep it going. And then we'll just finish up while you're on the three-point topic with the two transfers. Oh, my P goodness. Puisis, threesis, Pui for three, along with Priscilla. It's going to be raining threes this year. Oh, my goodness. Who's the best shooter? I mean, I know it's a tough question. Oh, you got to ask me that? I'm – Okay. You can't really ask okay. them that because they're going to say themselves. Right. But you'll you'll see throughout the season. I think it's well, going to go back and forth. Well, Emma, I'm talking about the whole team because Emma can shoot too. I mean, it's like oh, yeah, no, no end, right? Emma no can end? shoot too. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, well, our little lefty shooter right there. Well, the good news is no, there's no pressure on you to be like 50% from three-point range. But yeah, if, we'll just we'll give it up to everyone. Everyone can shoot 50%. And then you'll <laughs> drop in one from time to time on those kickouts. Thank you very yeah, much, Ariel. Of course. Thank you, Derek. And we've got more of the interviews coming up with members of both men's and women's basketball. Again, that's an abbreviated version of Bulls Beat. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow with a full show. You're from Jeff Scott, whose press conference we'll have live today. Also scheduled to speak at that presser, Brian Batty and Jason Vaughn. So get ready to hear from them on tomorrow's program as well. But that's the Tuesday Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.